I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's time for Operation Corvette. Pat, are you ready? Wait, what? Also, a very, very quick question for you. You're a Baltimore Ravens fan, correct? Or at least you have pretended to be one for a while because I am severely questioning your loyalties with the shirt you are currently wearing being the Cincinnati Bengals, of whom are your direct opponent in the AFC wildcard round this weekend, Pat. What in the absolute hell with that? I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni, and this is Critical Thinking. And that, folks, is the reason why you need to be tuning into the Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Of course, you can always listen via podcast, but if you were watching, you would have known up front, Pat Oni is an absolute traitor. Absolute I'm having traitor a crisis of identity. His, to okay? his Baltimore Ravens. Absolute I traitor. Cri- I'm having a crisis of identity, okay? How? I mean, gingers always do, but. Well, I mean, this is 2023. But literally, you're trying to both sides the game this weekend. No, actually, I don't know that I am. You were wearing Cincinnati Bengals gear. So great. Yay. On Monday, you can claim, well, I was wearing the Bengals gear and they won. Or the Ravens won and I just jinxed them. You're trying to both sides this, Pat. Get out of here with that. What kind of a sports fan are you? Um, Marginal at best? Uh, when it comes to the NFL, probably. Critical thinker? Marginal yeah. at best? <laughs> <laughs> Do not forget, folks, you are tuned in to the number one critical thinking show in the entire world, independently verified, by the way. That's right. Not once, but twice. Back-to-back critical thinking champions on this program. You are tuned into a Fish Fry Friday edition of the show. We're going to give you our best stories of the week, our worst stories of the week, and of course, we're going to throw the insanity of the week into the fryer, fry it up, get it all nice and crispy for you as we head into the weekend. 
So let's just dive right into our best stories of the week, Pat, shall we? Uh, yeah, but uh, first, I just I just want to say this on on my uh, shirt here. Um, I'm I mean, from you Ohio. make questionable fashion decisions quite a bit, Pat. But yeah, this is I'm, I'm this from, is top five. I'm from Ohio. I'm already a, I've been a Cincinnati Reds fan my entire life. I have an uncle that lives in Cincinnati. Right, but uh, you grew up a Cleveland Browns fan and then switched to the Baltimore Ravens and went with them. And yeah, then, yeah, and then, yeah. and then said no, thank you to being a Cleveland Browns fan when the Browns came back in 1999. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So why would you be a Bengals fan if you are a Ravens fan? Because because my identity crisis right now is it makes no sense for me to be a Ravens fan. That is my identity crisis. <clears throat> he is at the Patently Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Please let them know your thoughts there. That being said, Pat, do you want to go first with your best story of this week? Sure. Okay. What is that best story of the week for you? Well, uh, we'll play the clip here in just a second, but uh, this is coming from the world of sports. Uh, Where Pat has an identity crisis. (laughs) Not not when it comes to this, though. Yeah. this is I, I genuinely respect this story. This is actually really, really cool. Um, Tim Tebow. What about? Um, well, he thought he got snubbed from the College Football Hall of Fame. Yes, because prior to the college football national championship game on Monday, they announced the 2023 College Football Hall of Fame class. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Pat, have you been to the College Football Hall of Fame? I have not. Well, it's currently in Atlanta, right right across the street from Olympic Park, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, and we were there this past summer, and a friend of mine um, was on a championship team for Eastern Illinois. So his team is in the College Football Hall of Fame um, in terms of, like, you know, the, their championship is recognized. So um, we went to the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, it is really cool. It's super interactive. The only thing that I wish they would do that they didn't do, Pat, is they didn't have a lot of recognition of the national championship teams, and they could easily do that. You know, they could have a wall full of the recognized national champions. They don't have that. It's one thing that's missing, but it is really cool to see the trophies and um, all the helmets from all the teams inside college football. Um, It is really, really cool. Yeah, I bet. I it uh, if I'm ever in Atlanta again, I would uh, want to go check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, uh, Tim Tebow thought he got snubbed from the College Football Hall of Fame, and then of course during the national championship game the other night, he got surprised. So here, let's check it out. Well, there's the, 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 no, the best Dan. player in college football history. Yeah, I forgot one name here. The graphic was missing this because we also have a new Hall of Famer. He is arguably. The most popular, the most successful, the singularly most impactful college football quarterback of the last generation, perhaps ever to play. Two national championships, a Heisman Trophy. Timmy, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> hey, hey, this is kind of shocking. Yeah. 
Did y'all have this like? Thank you. Did y'all have Bro. this planned or something? Dude, if there has ever been a first ballot college football Hall of Famer, it's this Thank guy you. right here. And I'll say this: we know what you were as a player, but your commitment to the sport and the goodness that you've brought to everybody through the sport. You're a Hall of Famer in every possible way. All right, so Pat, when I look at this, I I, I can't think of a better generational talent. And I also can't think of better words spoken about an individual or more appropriate words spoken about an individual than George Testatori did there because he is a man who brought people of Christ to football and vice versa. He is a man who defined an era of football. In fact, I would make this argument right now. The quarterback position, the way that it's played both in the NFL and in college football, do not exist if not for Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is the mold. Yes, he is not the greatest passer in the world like some of these other quarterbacks like a C.J. Stroud or even a Justin Fields or whatever have you, but he is the one who's paved that path for them. I also look at players that are about to go into the Hall of Fame like Leroy Butler of the Green Bay Packers, right? Took him forever to get into the Hall of Fame. He was a generational talent and he redefined how you play the safety position. When you think of safety, right, in my era, you think of Ronnie Lott, you think of of Leroy Butler, and if in probably um, Ed Reed, right? Those are the three players that you probably think of, okay? They oh, kind of define the position. I, I, I hate to say this name, but what about Charles Woodson? He wasn't really a safety, though. He was just a defensive back. <clears throat> he played corner, safety, nickel, played a little linebacker at times, too, right? He mm. he's a he's a different type of a generational talent. I, I'll say that. But okay, but when I look at that, right, you look at Leroy Butler, you look at the people who were the trailblazers for the way the position is played currently. Right. Right. Tim Tebow is that. I can't think of another player. That defines that better than him. If you if if you want to go back, right. The 90s, maybe Tommy Frazier at Nebraska, right? Who else would define that would define that era in the 90s? Maybe a Ray Lewis maybe. At linebacker. But again, that 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 takes a very special and nuanced way to know about the game, to know that who Ray Lewis was and why he was important to college football. Tim Tebow, you know it. You absolutely know it. So congratulations to Tim. It was really cool how they did it for him with a little bit of a twist. Um, your thoughts, though. Um, that's my thought on that. I, I yeah, love yeah. Tim Tebow because of what he stands for on and off the field. Yeah, no, and, and like that, that was me. I mean, I, I, I hated I hated Florida back then because, you know, they beat my my Buckeyes in the uh, national championship game. <laughs> that's um, an understatement. <laughs> Yeah, um, it, it, it was it was I mean, it wasn't supposed to go that way, but that's what happened. And uh, I remember watching Tim Tebow play on you. Yeah, I know. I remember watching him play and, you know, he was a lot of I mean, even though I hated Florida, you couldn't deny how much fun he was to watch. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know. Winning the Heisman, winning, winning a—I think he actually won two national championships. Correct. With Florida, and then went to a third and lost. Correct. He, um, won, he went to three national championship games as a, yeah. as a player. Right, and so he—I mean, 
just incredible accomplishments as an athlete. And, and as you said, off the field, I mean, he's brought a lot of people to Christ. Um, unfortunately, I think that's what kind of got him kicked out of the NFL. Um, yeah, but I would also argue he just didn't have the arm talent to be able to play in yet, the NFL. Yet, yet he won. That, 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 that's the crazy part is that he still won in Denver. Yeah, he was um, a winner, no doubt about that. He's always a yeah. winner, but you know, the, it's a different kettle of fish. You know, Tommy Frazier, right, is a great example. Yeah. Scott Frost is a great example uh, of that. Scott Frost goes from playing quarterback at Nebraska after Tommy Frazier yeah. to having to play safety in the NFL, right? Um, right? Charlie Ward, another example of that. You know, he gives uh, the NFL a try, ends up having to be a wide receiver, and then goes on and plays basketball with the, the New York Knicks, right? Um, right. you could, you could pick and choose all these different college players. The NFL is a different kettle of fish, but when it comes to generational talents, um, in college football, I have a question for you, Pat uh-huh. Stetson Bennett. Is he this generational talent for you? Two Ooh, national championships, walk on, leaves the program, goes to Juco, comes back, buried on the depth chart, wins his way up the depth chart and becomes a two-time national championship winner, arguably the best player in college football this year? I mean, he's a future Hall of Famer. That's for damn sure. Or is um, he more of a Matt Leinert? Because there's no, no question I mean, for me that that Reggie Bush is the, the generational talent from that team, not Matt Leinert. I I I would argue I would argue that that Stenson Bennett is leaning more towards a generational talent. I, I I don't want to undersell him because I mean if you look at his resume, I mean it's it's impressive. Let, let's That's put it this way: out. this is an individual who should not be where he's at. He's arguably under six feet tall, right? Mm. He has a really good arm, but not a great arm. Um. You know, he, he doesn't have the physical tools or the measurables that a lot of people would like at that position, yet he's the most successful college quarterback since Tim Tebow. Probably. Probably. He, he won two national championships. That's all you need to yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, and, and if you look at the rest of his resume, though, I mean, going going to Juco. Yeah. And then coming back to Georgia. Yep. Um, and earning a scholarship, not just earning a scholarship, but basically forcing the hand of the coaching staff, right? He's, and then, he played so well in practice and in scrimmages. And when he got his opportunity, what did he do? He seized it. He seized the bull by the horns, right? Carpe right. freaking diem. Well, he, he also, I mean, Heisman candidate, which I argue he should have won the Heisman. I think uh, if he would have gone all the way through the national championship game, then the Heisman trophy would have gone to him. But I don't know that you can do that necessarily because there are people who don't have that opportunity, right? I no, I, I I don't disagree, but I I just look at I look when I look at his resume and I mm-hmm. compare that to Caleb Williams this year, it ain't the same. Yeah, not even close. It'll be interesting to see how history views Stetson Bennett. Um, history is much kinder to Tim Tebow than than they were in his day and age. People dumped all over him, and I think it's because he had that overt Christianity to him. But yeah. when you hear the story of Aaron Hernandez, when you hear the stories of the people that he counseled and helped or attempted to help, right? Um, right. When you see the goodness in him and using his using his position, not for self-aggrandizement, but for the aggrandizement of Christ and the missions that he went on, um, the, the charity and the things that he does off the field with the position that he was put in by God, 
is absolutely astonishing because there's so many people who would squander that opportunity for themselves and not for the glorification of God. Yeah. And that's not Tim Tebow. I mean, despite not not uh, despite not playing for my Ohio State Buckeyes, he is probably one of my favorite players of all time. Um, and, and when it comes to college sports, uh, and, yeah, and I, I would put him in my top three along with probably Melvin Gordon, um, yeah. from Wisconsin for me. And then I would also have to put um, Charles Woodson from Michigan in there for me because he was so much fun to watch, so much fun to watch. Yep, I'm a big a big follower of his foundation and what he's doing, and you know, outside of sports and stuff as well. I mean, he is he's just an incredible person. Yep. All right, so congratulations to everybody in that 2023 College Football Hall of Fame class. By the way, that is a loaded class if you've seen it. I don't. It is know. a loaded class, yeah. yeah. We don't need to go all the way into that. But um, my best story of the week is also video. And, Pat, we, we've been told all week long, right, that we cannot, and I mean cannot possibly ask the question about people just dropping dead, just normal everyday activity or uh, strain, uh, straining their heart on a normal basketball court or football court, right? Or football field, not court, sorry. Um, but we can't do that. It's all just a coincidence, right? I figured it out, Pat. And well, I didn't. Uh, our friends over at, uh, I'm not sure exactly who actually created this, by the way, because it's not. They, they don't give themselves credit, which is the weirdest thing in the world. But uh, somebody has figured out it's all about coincidence conspiracies. Are you or a loved one suffering from a medical coincidence? You want proper medical care, but you don't want people sniffing around asking a whole bunch of questions about what might be causing your problem. At the Kaufman Institute for Coincidence, we won't look into the cause of your heart or other problem. We'll just fix it. That's right. We promise to only look at your symptoms. We won't get all curious looking for causes because that could get your employer or your doctor into some legal hot water. And nobody wants that. At Kaufman, we understand that coincidence is now the leading cause of death. Hey, we've got another coincidence over here. If we want to operate at the speed of science, there's no time for looking for causes. No pesky questions about drugs or vaccines you may have been given. At Kaufman, we specialize in the effects and leave the causes to the conspiracy theorists. And let's be honest, we know the cause anyway. It was a coincidence, right? For each new patient, Kaufman's talented team of doctors strap on their blinders and look directly at the problem area, usually the heart, just like the CDC recommends. Our main campus now treats myocarditis, blood clots, heart arrhythmia, stroke, heart attack, magnetic skin, difficulty breathing, full body blisters and burning, convulsions, kidney failure, memory loss, cancer, sudden death, and much, much more. Give your coincidence the attention it deserves, but not the wrong kind of attention. At Kaufman, schedule your appointment today at KaufmanCoincidence.com and receive a doctor's note with a real sciency sounding explanation to provide to your anti-vax friends, proving to them it was definitely not the vaccine that caused your coincidence. Kaufman, because coincidences happen pretty much all the time. Official medical coincidence partner of the NFL. 
All right, Pat. I don't know about you, but that was great. Official coincidence partner of the NFL here. This is satire at its best. Uh, so if this wasn't the Babylon Bee or whomever, the Kaufman Institute for coincidence. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I have it on good authority that uh, this is where um, Anthony Fauci is. Uh, it, it's where his new job is. <laughs> This is this was such a great video. Uh, this is I, I laugh. I still laugh out loud. This is one of a few videos over the last few months where if I see it on repeat, I will still laugh out loud. The other one being um, the almost spit take from Michael Knowles when the when the lady goes from uh, woman to pregnant people, right? When he, wait, you're serious? The the spit take that almost happens when, as he's grabbing a, a sip of water in that interview. Like it's a what what like a two hour segment, right? <laughs> it's so fantastically great. Um, this is right up there with that for me because this hits the nail on the head, right? We're we're not supposed to be able to put some dots together to at least ask questions. And mm. you know, I we talked about this earlier this week. It's it's exactly the same thing that happened. It took an intrepid um scientist, Pat, to make that link between H1N1 and really weird cancers happening just coincidentally with young women who are taking that vaccine, right? Oopsie daisies. It took them a decade to make that correlation and causational um, reference to each other. You weren't supposed to question it. It, it, it. They were just protecting themselves from H1N1. We We can't possibly make the correlation between Let's at least ask the question. And my point that the question that I've really been asking is, is this, are we seeing an uptick, right? So we we see an uptick in excess death, right? Still, to this day, we're still seeing it. Even though we have the vaccine and all the things that it's supposed to do for you, except for it doesn't, right? We're still seeing excess deaths go up. Not down, by the way. Not down from the the pandemic levels. They're still maintaining, if not going up, all over the world. Wait, how, why, how? So within that, we're also not supposed to ask, is this a causational relationship or not? Let's explore it. Let's get the data. Let's understand it. And let's understand the risks and the benefits for people of certain ages, certain persuasions, right? And by persuasions, I mean, hey, if you're a 24-year-old healthy black athlete, is this good for you? If you're 24, healthy white athlete, Asian athlete, Hispanic athlete, right? We we can even stratify it out by that, right? If you are a of this persuasion or that persuasion, why are certain individuals, it, do you notice that, Pat? It's not like the 35-year-old oaf on the couch every week is just dropping dead suddenly out of nowhere. It's the people who are what? Straining their hearts with strenuous activity. Did we take that into consideration as the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball shoved this jab into your arm over and over again? Did anybody take that into consideration? The answer seems to be no. But we need to know. And where's the NFLPA, the MLBPA, the NHLPA? Where are any of these players associations looking to protect their players? Because that's what they told us they were doing with the partnership with the league when it came to vaccination, right? Shouldn't you be on board with understanding why in the hell DeMar Hamlin 
Or why does a player at ODU go down, right? Why did Christian Erickson go down dead for seven minutes on the field, right? Why the hell are these things happening? And are they happening at a greater rate than before? What I do know is that the only relational study that has been done on this does suggest it. That we have had, what, the same amount of things happen in a year and a half time frame that happened allegedly over the course of 38 years. Now, you can talk about the methodology in apples to oranges, and we did that on this program before, but that notwithstanding, even if you pulled out all of the edge cases that didn't get pulled out, right? Okay, so all you're telling me is that, wait a minute, there's probably more issues today than there were over the course of the last 38 years. Is that or is that not something we should know the difference on? I give uh, Robert Malone and, and Peter McCullough, uh, or actually it's Peter McCullough, not Robert Malone. I give Peter McCullough credit for at least attempting to find that information out. Turns out, uh, hey, Pat, we weren't actually looking for that information, so the data is really hard to find, and more importantly, it's really hard to sift through. Gee, why weren't we looking for that data? But the, this is also coming from the same people who bow down to the Imperial College modeling and the IHME modeling, right? These are the right. same people who yeah. bow down to that who are now questioning Peter McCullough's data. Wait, what? So I'm supposed to trust that you know what you're talking about when it comes to data, but not Peter McCullough, right? Peter McCullough, who was on board along with Scott Atlas and a few other people of, of blowing the whistle on Imperial College and IHME modeling, right? And I was on top of that from the very get-go because I, I saw the inputs, right? You're taking 50 sets of data, right? 50 different sets of data, 50 different ways of inputting that data. And more importantly, also, every single county within that state might do their reporting to the state level very differently. So you're realistically talking about hundreds of thousands, if not millions of different data set inputs trying to trying to come up with a, a conclusive model or a best guesstimate, they were off by, I don't know, Pat, factors of 10 when it came to that estimation. It, I'm supposed to trust that you, the people peddling that, and, and not being repentant about that peddling, by the way, are the people that I should trust with data analysis going forward. No, thank you. But that not being... That notwithstanding, Pat, why don't we uh, move forward? Do you want to play the B or not the B first, or do you want to go into Richard of the Week? Let's go to the B or not the B. All right. All right. Today's headline. Eric Swalwell cries about being kicked off of House Intelligence Committee. Eric Swalwell cries about being kicked off of House Intelligence Committee. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. While you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks, if you haven't gone to Coffee Brand Coffee yet, you really need to. Um, they don't care about your politics. They don't. They care about putting out a great product. They care about giving you that morning pick-me-up. If you're the, that, that morning coffee drinker like Andrew over here that needs that morning pick-me-up. Um, if you can't drink coffee, they, they put out things like hot chocolate that is also really good. Um, and if you like tea, they do that too. They don't care about your politics. They care about what you like. They do all sorts of different flavors. 
they care about just making a great product and everything is made by batches and shipped to you completely fresh. Yeah. So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, use the promo code uh, <clears throat> critical thinking at checkout and get 5% off your purchase. By the way, they've been coming out with like different flavors a lot here lately. Um, new, new flavors that they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. So it, even if you are a current customer, Go back and check it out because they've got some mm-hmm. really good stuff there too. Coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code critical thinking at checkout. Get 5% off your purchase today. Eric Swalwell cries about being kicked off of House Intelligence Committee. Is this the B or not the B? Andrew, your answer. So this is a tough one for me, but um because Eric Swalwell is a piece of human garbage. I'm going to go with this being not to be though. I, 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 I literally think that he would do this. Also, Are this sh- is also in as insane as humanly possible. So it could be uh, the Babylon B. Let, you know what? Let's go with the Babylon B. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure, but I'm going to go there anyway. Uh, is that your final answer? Final answer, Pat, man, you should have stayed with your first instinct. This is not the B. Are you serious with that? I am dead serious with it. So Eric Swallow tweets out, Representative Byron Donalds admits uh, the the readout that Speaker McCarthy is kicking me and Adam Schiff and Elon off our in our committees purely out of vengeance. Vengeance, bruh, you're like Darth Vader lecturing peeps about revenge. Um, and then and then and then Twitter pipes in um, about uh, that. Uh, uh, giving Swalwell the business. Nah, that's why Pelosi booted MTG. Pretty sure that you are being booted for banging a Chinese spy. Although pure vengeance works for me. You are obliterated the lines of decorum because you hated Trump. Well, now it's time to live by them. New rules. Uh, <clears throat> by the way, can we talk real quick about Marjorie Taylor Greene and how much she has become uh, a lackey of Kevin McCarthy somehow? Like her transformation over the past year has been incredible. It has. In fact, she tweeted out at uh, at Eric Swalwell on this. Uh, it's like you were on the intelligence committee having sex with Fang Fang, a Chinese spy. Good grief, man! All right, so yeah, I can see why this is absolutely true because Eric Swalwell is a moron. Um, he, if you put AOC, Ayanna Presley, um. Corey Bush, Eric Swalwell, and Adam Schiff. That's about six people, right? On what a about, did you mention Elon Omar? No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't put her on there. So okay, so Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, Elon Omar, Ayano Presley, Corey Bush, AOC. Okay. Those are just people in the House of Representatives. It would be the worst two episodes of Jeopardy in history. Right? You imagine those two that that six grouping on celebrity political jeopardy? Good freaking God. These are supposed to be the people that we elevate to positions of leadership in our country. Think about that. Woof. The level of stupid that exists in in the halls of Congress is unfathomable. 
I'm suggesting that uh, the founding fathers, the people who were first elected to these positions, right, are probably rolling over in their graves right now. Like just they are literally like rotisserie chicken, like just spinning, spinning, spinning until this stops. By the way, that kind of is not really surprising considering Nancy Pelosi was in leadership. It's only been a week and I already can't stand Hakeem Jeffries getting in front of a mic. I don't know about you. No, I don't. No, it's It's grating. It is absolutely grating. The alliteration, the attempted Barack Obama start, stop talking, and the 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 Barack Obama isms. But you're not Barack Obama. You don't have his charisma. You don't have his anything. <sighs> anyway, all right. So so that is. That is that story. It is time for us, I believe, now, Pat, to go ahead and crown a brand new Richard of the Week. Are you ready? Oh, I'm really ready. No, I was waiting for you to say, okay. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm ready. This is the quality quality you get on Critical Thinking, folks. The number one critical thinking podcast in the world where Pat apparently is not paying attention to what the hell is going on here. I was pulling up the names. I thought you were... This is an interactive show, Pat, that, that requires two people to interact with each other. <laughs> I, I agree, but no, a lot of times you just play the stupid thing and I don't even say anything. <laughs> Jerk. All right. So with that having been said, Pat, who are the nominees this week for Richard of the Week, the second Richard of the Week for the year? All righty then. Well, first of all, we have Joy Behar. And we're actually going to talk about this story in a little bit because this is uh, Andrew's worst story of the week. Uh-huh. Um, and But uh, it has to do with the whole Joe Biden classified document story. Yeah. Numero one, numero dos, or numero tres? Because there are three yeah. of them, apparently. I'm not really sure which one it's about, but I'm just kind of lumping them all together at this point. Okay. And then, of course, we have Adam Shifty Schiff. Um, because he uh, freaked out at the GOP for uh, them wanting to investigate the investigators committee. Then, you know, you've got, of course, Joe Biden for the uh, classified documents and then him making comments about how his Corvette's in a locked garage with those classified documents. Then, finally, you have Andrew's favorite governor of all time, Fred Flintstone, J.B. Pritzker for... His uh, signing the assault weapons ban in the state of Illinois. Yabba-dabba-doo. Good job there, Barney. No problem. (laughs) I I just... It's not the only thing that happened this week in the state of Illinois that's just ridiculous, but... Such as the state of Illinois lately, though. By the way, you know how pretentious... Uh, J.B. Pritzker, and really the entire state of Illinois is, they had an entire inauguration weekend that started on Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and then the inauguration on Monday. Right. I mean, I know that he is a 
a rather rotund individual, so he needs a lot of room. But to move, and it takes a while to move around. But three three days of parties and BS and bootlicking before you get to the that's just ridiculous, man. Come on, Illinois, do better. Now, I could argue you need to do better than J.B. Pritzker, but uh, we had our opportunity to do that, and you nominated Dan Bailey. Congratulations on that one. Yeah. Let, let's do better, Republicans in, in Illinois, please, for the love of all things holy, because we're also not great at libertarians either. But anyway, not here nor there, Pat. Who do you believe is your winner for Richard of the Week? <sighs> See, I've got to, I've got to go with Joe Biden, um, and I and I say Joe Biden because he he seemed to be pretty. Uh, this is probably putting it too lightly. Pretty nonchalant about said classified documents that they've found, um, and then and then the joke that he makes about it, and then they're going after a former president for doing. Something that might be similar, but those those the difference there is those documents may have been declassified before he left office, so that would be a very different story. But they're still trying to go after him for the same thing, and yet here Joe Biden, as vice president, did it when he shouldn't have. He had no authority to, and then the comments he makes about it, like it was, oh, it was nothing. I had no idea. Yeah, that's why crap. I made the reference to Operation Corvette. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, they were in the they were in the same garage as my Corvette, and that's always locked up. It, it, no, Pat, no. The most unsecure place in your house is what? Your garage. Why? Um. <clears throat> well, if because there are multiple points of entry have. that are very easy to get through right. security wise. That's right. Why. And especially if, you, if your garage is detached from your house. Yeah. Even if it's attached to your house. Well, yeah, but but I'm just saying there's there's more opportunity to do things if it's yeah detached if you're trying to get into the garage. So, and the fact that there's a picture that exists of Joe Biden driving out of his garage with a trove of documents or boxes full of papers behind him is absolutely incredible. Wait, wait, is that a legit picture? Yes, or is that's that a legitimate that's, picture. Are you serious? Yes, Pat, that is an absolutely legitimate picture. It is absolute insanity. Okay, so my worst story of the week involves this story. So why don't we get into that, Pat? So you had to have known one of two things to be true here. For me, I make this argument. This is the deep state. This is the far, far left. These are the people that have the levers of power um, going, we're going to drop the hammer on you because we don't want you running again, right? That, that's my theory behind how the hell this – because this happened November 2nd, right? Prior to the election, how did this leak out? I understand waiting for this story to leak out after election day, right? I get that. But we're now almost three months pri- uh, past this, right? Two months past it. This is now just a story? Why? Also, why did we get drip, 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 drip instead of all of these things sprinkling out, Right? At the same time, why? Oh, hey, Joe Biden was found with uh, classified documents in multiple locations. And I go back to to this, Pat, when I talk about it. At the end of the day, the vice president of the United States of America should never be in possession of papers that are of a classified nature. Never. 
He is allowed to see them, allowed to be in the skiff, allowed to do all those things. But he should never, ever, 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 ever have in his own possession any, and I mean any, classified documentation when he leaves office. Period, point blank. They, the president of the United States, I understand it. But, so I firmly believe this, but the legacy media, but the views, the ABCs, the NBCs, the CBSs of the world, right? I'm amazed at the dichotomy that exists in there because we watched NBC News, we watched CBS News, we watched Peter Ducey at Fox all go after Corinne Jean-Pierre this week when it came to this. Like, are you serious with your explanation? Are we supposed to believe that he actually takes these things seriously when it's just drip, drip, drip of all the things that show how unserious this is? We're supposed to take this seriously and he tells us, well, my Corvette's in there, so of course it's secure. What the hell are you talking about? And I do love the fact that we have Republicans now demanding the visitor logs to his home in Wilmington, Delaware, right? I love the fact that they're trying to look into whom had access to that potentially to that garage. And more importantly, where were these documents in the garage? We don't know. What were the documents? What we do know that has been leaking out is that the original 10 documents, quote unquote, Ukraine, Iran, and China. Right. What are the coincidences that have to exist there, right? And we talked about that earlier this week. But I want you, but Pat, let me, I cannot believe I'm seeing this because Donald Trump was a bastard, a treasonous bastard, right? For what he did, right? Well, I agree to them, that yes. it's wrong, by the way, for him to have taken these documents and more importantly, sure. to fought to have fought the National Archives on these things. I don't care whether you believe the deep state is after you or whatever, and you you have a justification for keeping these documents. I don't care about that. The law is the law when it comes to these things, and either you work with the National Archives to return them, and you do it in an orderly fashion, or you don't, in which case you deserve everything that's coming your way. Okay? That's my stance on this. The same should apply to the former vice president, now president of the United States of America. That's just the, the standards exist between the two of them, and especially because the vice president does not have the standing to declassify anything. Right. So when the vice president of the United States left office, we're talking about six years, Pat. At this point. Right. Right. Six years from when he left or five years from when he left office. January of 2017. Right. Five that, years. That would, be, that, would, that would be six years now. Oh, yeah, it would be six years. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So six yeah. years from when he left office to, well, to when they were found, it would be about five years. Well, 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 close to six. Anyway, doesn't matter. The point being that they were just now found. Just a coincidence, right? Right. What do you think the left's, the political punditry and the politicians in D.C., where do you think the left is going when it comes to this story now? I'm going to give you two guesses. They were planted. Oh, what do you know? Because here's our friend Joy Behar talking about that. 
You know, you know what I think? I've never Trump. seen a, a luckier person than Donald Trump. Just as we're this close well, to getting him, but you somehow know these but it, documents you know appear. But here's the thing. Biden is wrong to have done this. He, he was in office wrong. for well, 40 let's years. Find, no let's offense. find out what this is first. Now, again, mm. one of the things That's that gets true. me crazy is before we know, it's already been spun a specific yeah. way. I don't want to see that. The, I want to see... Someone explain to me, A, how it's possible that after all this time, nobody yeah. knew this. Because to me, if you're missing classified information, I don't mean to laugh, but in my house, does, if stuff is missing, I know it's missing. Does it missing. feel like oppo research to you? Does it feel like the Republicans are behind it? It's I, not. I it did originally, but I'm sorry, sorry. but not, not now. Because one of the things, one of the things he's saying is that, you know, some of these, some of the locations where the docs may have been shipped in the transition I may see. have gotten taken and put, but still. So, so now this is Donald Trump is the luckiest man because, oh, suddenly he's not the, the one in the spotlight, right? When it comes to this anymore. And more importantly, I'm pretty sure the Republicans planted these things. Are you serious? If they were going to do this, Pat, if this was a plant and then drip out campaign, right? If that were uh -huh. the, let's, let's explore that. Wouldn't they have done this before the election? A week before the election, we had them notify the National Archives. Don't you think somebody in the Republican Party knew about that? You would think. And wouldn't that be prudent to help them win in 2022? Because why? You would be able to buttress the power? Dude, why not do it in 2020? If they right. If the Republican oh, Party was going to do this, they could have done it in 2020. Three years on. If they if they're the ones that planted it, right? Like this is insane. But lest you think it's just the insanity of Joy Behar, I present to you a sitting member of Congress. My response to it all is that alleged classified documents showing up allegedly in the possession of uh, of uh, Joseph Biden. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so much that needs to be um, investigated and. Um, and that's that's what I call for is for everything to be investigated. But I'm suspicious of the timing of it. I'm I'm also aware of the fact that things can be planted on people, P places and things can be planted. Um, or things things can be planted in places uh, and then discovered conveniently. That may be what has occurred here. I'm not ruling that out, but I don't I'm, I'm open in terms of the investigation needs to be investigated. <laughs> By the way, this is the same Hank Johnson who says that uh, I am worried that the whole island will become so overly populated that it will tip over and capsize. He's that man. He's the man who said that Guam was going to become so overpopulated it would tip over and capsize. <laughs> you can't even take him seriously. No. <clears throat> no, you cannot take him seriously. You can't take this seriously. Well, I'm aware that things can be planted. Of course, right? We all know that. That could happen. We've seen police do it all the time. But then what would the suggestion of that planting be that the Republicans were doing it? This would be the worst timing in the freaking world to have done that. Not to mention, why would you do this as a drip campaign then? You would dash it out all in one fell swoop. Right. 
Why would you do it that way? Because you would have a treasure trove of like hundreds, if not, you have three different locations where this stuff exists. How the hell does that happen, right? So when I take a look at this, Pat, I, I look at it from the perspective of this doesn't make sense to be some sort of Republican plan. What it does make sense to be is this is an internal power play within the Democratic Party. This is the far left activist crowd saying, hold up, you're going to attempt to run for office again? That wasn't the agreement. Hold the hell up. Well, we're dropping the hammer. These things were these things were found prior to again, prior to and then subsequent in the furthering of the review. Right. That happened in November. We're just finding out about it now. The Hunter Biden laptop is a great example of this, Pat. The FBI knew that that existed in, what, January of 2019, right? It took a reporter from the New York Times less than two hours to identify and verify the, the authenticity of Hunter Biden's laptop when they got a hold of that story. Mm. It, it never leaked out once that the FBI had the Hunter Biden laptop, had a, had a laptop, that it, there's an investigation going on into Hunter Biden, not once in a year. These things leak out because it's on purpose. So if there's any sort of a conspiracy theory or planting or whatever have you, it's likely coming from the left. And by the way, Pat, can we talk about um, we still don't know who the hell leaked the uh, Roe versus Wade decision, uh, it, the decision in Dobbs. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wonder why, Pat. I wonder why. I wonder why, too. Uh -huh. uh, here, here's the uh, come kicker from John Roberts himself or in his office and here's not not to go like all like uh conspiracy theorist and all that sort of fun stuff right but um <clears throat> what are they covering up it's not that they're covering this... anything up pat this is this is the point no, they're, they're not the covering anything up i, I i'm right. telling you that right now they're not covering anything up they are attempting to expose and make sure he never runs for office in 2024. That's what is going on here. Okay. I want everybody to be clear on this. This has everything to do with him indicating he's going to run for re-election. And I guarantee you that was the agreement behind the scenes that he wouldn't run in 2024. They got they got in line. And by they I mean the left, Pete Buttigieg, everybody got in line behind him. And the agreement was he would run for one term. We'll let you have it, and then we're going forward. So I guess then here's the like will will they do anything here in the near future to draw attention away from this story? No, they're going to keep the attention on this story. They're going to keep the spotlight on until Joe Biden does what announces he is not running for office in 2024. That's what's going to happen resigns. here. Now mm. you cannot you cannot uh, indict a sitting president, right? You can't right. do that. However, that being said. Merrick Garland has gone ahead and done what? It appointed an appointed independent uh, counsel, counsel, special counsel on this. And I think that's the right thing to do because you can't investigate your own boss, right? Like that's a that's a weird line to be walking. But also, it's the same treatment you gave to Donald Trump. And that's the other political part of this. So when I take a look at this, what we're going to see is that the hammer is going to continue to drop. We're going to see more and more of classified documents. We're going to see all sorts of weird stuff start trickling out, and it's all going to come from the left. That's where I come down on this, Pat, is that this is the left's power play. 
That's what, that's the conspiracy here, right? Otherwise, right. this is utter incompetence, right? The only other option is that this is utter incompetence on the behalf of Joe Biden, the entire Biden staff, right? The White right. House transition staff, everybody involved with Joe Biden is completely and totally incompetent. In which case, that's the case you make for him not being president of the United States going forward. He is so incompetent that he holds classified documents in his freaking garage. It's the same argument, and I saw this on Twitter. Is that the same garage in which Hillary Clinton uh, <laughs> had her server? Like, I mean, this is the insanity that exists amongst these people. They don't understand technology. They don't understand any. They, they can't even fathom that something like this could happen. It's insane. It's stupid. All right. With that having been said, Pat, um, your worst story of the week. Oh, boy. Um, well, my worst story of the week, I mean, I don't know how you top the whole Biden scandal thing that's going on right now with uh -huh. those classified documents. I I, I don't see a, a worse story currently than that. Yep. However, for the sake of going with something different, Penn State professor tells students to watch gay porn and confront that they might be bisexual. <sighs> okay, so this, this comes from a sociology professor at Penn State University. What type of a class is this? It's Sociology 119 is the course. Okay, but what is the title of the course? Sociology. I understand that, but it's sociology 119. Usually there's a title to the course. Like uh, that, That's all it gives me. Okay. That's all it gives me. Okay. Um, at the end of the fall semester, Penn State sociology professor Sam Richards challenged students to watch same-sex pornography and confront the fact that they might be aroused by it. Richards claimed that every person has bisexual feelings and that every individual might be more comfortable being bisexual. I Oh, hold on. This If you're straight, watch gay or lesbian porn to see how quickly you feel aroused. He said in a lecture originally held on December 6th. And how you control that. <laughs> Will you believe you this? Realize Hang on. I found sociology 119 on online real fast. It's yeah. soc119.org. <laughs> it's Penn State Sociology 119. It's race, ethnicity and culture. Mm -hmm. held Tuesday and Thursday from 3.05 to 4.20 p.m. in 100 Thomas Building. And is, by the way, four-credit uh, class. This gets worse. Oh, it does? We are all, at some level, non-binary. We're all very much easily bisexual. What? It's not clear... To what research Richards is referring, but in a 2015 study conducted by researchers at Cornell University claimed that both men and women were aroused when watch when they watched porn of the same sex. No. Nope. Sorry, no, thank you. Not going to happen. And then, and then he dared to ask us if he hit a nerve. Yeah. Race, ethnicity, and culture. What does this have to do with any of it? Look, here's the other part of this, Pat. Unless this is a prerequisite course, right? Somehow that mm. you have to take Social 119. You're an adult. So you don't have to be exposed to this if you don't want to. Walk out. Yeah. Leave the class. Drop it. 
Drop it in the uh, first week, and I guarantee you it doesn't count. And you can pick up a different class if you need to. Go, I mean, every every college has like a head of the department. You go and you you take this up with the head of the department and be like, hey, this is not okay. Yeah. I've already taken this class. I've passed this class. And look, if you want to have a social 120 and social 120 is exploring the bisexuality of humanity, have at it, right? I'm right. not going to say no to that. I mean, it, it's an adult course, right? I, right. I'm not saying right. no to that. What I am saying is that time, place, and manner here, like this has nothing to do with race, race, ethnicity, and culture in any way, shape, or form. Now, that being said, Pat, I'm going to leave with this uh, in the fryer, okay? And and it's our uh, famed current, not former, but current vice president in the United States of America. Oh, Think of the movement. Through the lens of something I love, which is to always think about complex issues through the, the, the frame of a Venn diagram. I love Venn diagrams. I love. <laughs> I do. I love Venn diagrams. So see what I'm saying so, is, is nerdy. I'm just saying. <laughs> so the three circles, and you can do more. Nobody says a Venn diagram it has to only be three circles, right? And and the intersection, then, right? In terms of also movements. I have never met anybody in my entire life who says more while saying nothing. Again, with the freaking Venn diagram. I lost brain cells listening to her just now. Yeah. There's a movie. I think it's almost famous. Where there's these people talking and they just talk and talk and talk in circles, right? And they're not actually saying anything, but yet you think they're saying something. That's Kamala Harris. She needs to be put in her place when it comes to she don't know dit about dit, right? She doesn't know anything about anything. Or is she just a bad version of Seinfeld, a show about nothing? (laughs) Is that her middle name, Kamala Seinfeld Harris? <laughs> but I mean, seriously, this is this is we have a president and vice president who are just literally walking caricatures. Like they're not characters, they're caricatures, right? Caricatures. Like just just what the really? We're gonna talk about Ben and and the the intersection is about movement. Uh, no, it's not. Like, if we wanted to talk about Venn diagrams, the intersection is not about movement. It's literally about being in the middle. You can't move from the middle. That's the whole point that you're attempting to make the case of, you moron. And more importantly, life should never be lived through Venn diagrams. Ever. But Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And in a world where I'm having a sports identity crisis right now, Anthony Fauci's new job is at the Kaufman Institute of coincidence. Please be safe. Be smart. Be kind. Make sure you eat all your meals this weekend. And as always, Matthew 547.